what an awesome weekend, and just, I mean, it's so, so cool to see what happens. I've said this time and time again, that just when I see our youth take even a weekend, you know, whether it's D-Now or it's camp or it's a whole week, but just a few days were just completely pulled out from the world, you know, just away from all the distractions and all the other things, and just have just solid hours just focused on God, uh, man, awesome things happen. And the Lord moves, and the people respond. I, I think the rest of us, I think we need to have an adult D-Now. You know, I'm thinking of, how about a senior adult D-Now? You know, what do you think? You know, we'll, we'll, you're in for it, Major? We'll do dinner about like 4.30, you know, we'll go. and I'm just teasing. That's terrible, isn't it? You know? Uh, but it's great, you know, it's, it just teaches a lesson how awesome it is just to pull away from all the distractions, to get focused on God, and to see what happens. Now, you've heard their testimonies. You've, you know, we've worshiped in some of the songs they did this weekend. But i got to have our youth help us with one more thing this morning. Because, now, you see from our, our logo there, the D-Now was called Harvest. Uh, the theme verse was Matthew 28. It was the Great Commission. Now, the preaching time and the Bible study time, it was kind of focused on other things about what it is to be a disciple and how, are you, how to be a better disciple. But the, the youth learned this Matthew 28 passage, the Great Commission, and they learned it very well. Can you guys do it this morning? All right, stand up. Stand up. Turn around. Turn around. Just turn. You don't have to, like, come all the way up here. Just turn around. All right, we're going to put the verses up. Go ahead and put the verses on the screen. You should. What's up? Logistics issue here. They, oh, they got prompters ready. All right. So the prompter is this way. The other students turn this way. Y'all didn't tell me that. That's all right. Here we go. Take you, so you guys turn that way. All right. All right. Y'all ready? Okay. So they're going to do the Great Commission for us. Y'all ready? Take it. Go for it. How about that, guys? How about that? That was pretty good. They got it down now. That was awesome. Now, this morning, and I promise, I got, guys, I know y'all have had a long weekend. I know you're tired. I'll, but stay with me this morning. One, I think really we're going to have something good out of the Word. And two, I promise I'm going to tell a really embarrassing story about myself later on. You don't want to miss. So don't go to sleep. You're going to miss it, all right? Tell a really good story about me. All right, now. They focus, again, the focus of being a disciple and producing disciples, but I want us to take a little bit closer look at those verses once again that, that focus on Jesus' commission to us. Can we put the verses up back one more time? Now, this time let me kind of read through it. I love the motions. You got it down. But let's go a little slower and really hear what's going on. Let me read it for you one more time. Matthew 28, 16 through 20 says this. 
Now the 11 disciples, no, it's 11, right? There ain't 12 anymore. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, listen to this, All authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. Now, I don't know if y'all understand just what a big deal this was right? I mean, this was a huge turning point in the life of the disciples and those who were going to say, we follow the name of Jesus Christ. I mean, for three and a half years, these disciples, they've been following Jesus and learning from him. And they've been hearing all things he would have them do. He'd been seeing Jesus do the work. And then they they reached the place where they saw the amazing thing of, of Jesus going to the cross dying they thought they lost all hope and then here's jesus once again he defeated sin death and the grave he resurrected and it's awesome and and but they're they're kind of thrown i mean life is radically changed if i'd even said some are still kind of doubting like i mean i've never seen this before i don't know how to handle all this and jesus comes and says all right guys you've seen me do all these things you've listened to me you've learned from me Now, your turn. Go, therefore, and make disciples. She says, turn it around. Do everything that I have shown you, that I have taught you, and go teach it to somebody else. Make disciples. First, give them the saving message of Jesus Christ, of me. Tell them of the saving work that was done on the cross, and then teach them to obey the commandments I've taught you. This is go to all the nations. In other words, he was saying to these guys, to these disciples who are fishermen and tax collectors and all these different things who kind of live simple lives, he says, you're those things no more. I'm changing you. You are now disciplers. No going back to the old life. No going back to the old ways. You are now to go and take this message and go be disciplers. Now, youth, you've heard this all weekend. You've heard about the importance of needing to be discipled. In other words, needing to be taught in the Lord and growing in Him. But you, we've also heard the importance of how we got to take this to others. You've heard about having to go serve other people and how to tell the message. You should always be discipling someone else, and you yourself need to be discipled. It's our, it's our calling. Now, I want you to get that these men that, that Jesus talked to, the 11 disciples, and it would go out from there. I want you to understand how big of a deal it was, a big task. I mean, Jesus said, he didn't just say, hey, go to your hometown. He didn't just say, go to your friends, the people you know real well, and tell them this. He says, go, baptize, go to all the nations. Go to the ends of the earth taking this message. And these guys, they were so unprepared, so ill-equipped for this task that Jesus gave them. Now, let me tell you real quick, real quick this, is, this is an awesome passage There's so much meat here. I mean, so much good stuff to learn from. 
But you want to know the most awesome part of this passage, of the, the, the verses you learned over this weekend, the Great Commission. You know the most awesome part of all the verses. Can I show it to you? Can you put back up verse 24? It's the last verse. Look at this. Verse 20 says this, the very end of it. He says, and behold, he says, hey, pay attention. I am with you. In fact, he even says, I am with you always. In the, in the translation there, it says, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Why did Jesus say that, and why is that so important? He's trying to tell them, hey, I'm giving you this huge task. I'm telling you to go and take this message, and you're no longer so much the student. You're now the teacher. You're going to go and help other people come to salvation, and you're going to help grow them in the name of Jesus Christ. You're going to do all this, but you're not going to do it yourself. He's trying to get their attention and say, you guys are not on your own in this. Because he says what? I am with you to the end of the age. He's trying to remind the disciples and then every other person that will come after them, every follower of Jesus Christ, that when we are out there trying to serve the Lord, we are not called to do things on our own. In fact, if we try to do things on our own, if we rely on self, our own strength, our own abilities, we're going to fail. I'm convinced, I've seen in my life plenty of times, Jesus will call us to do things that are beyond our ability. He'll put us in situations that are difficult. He will stretch us beyond what's comfortable. But He always gives us the promise, I am with you. I've never called you to do something and do it by yourself. See, a lot of you maybe this weekend, youth, you've wrestled with God getting that place where you finally said, yes, God, I'll respond to whatever your call is on me right now. And that call can be a simple thing, it can be a big thing. Maybe some of you committed to Christ for the very first time. Maybe some of you committed unto Jesus to say, yes, I'm going to get committed back into church, or I'm going to be reading scriptures, or yes, God, I, I know you've been telling me to go uh, tell my friends about Jesus or whatever. You know, just to get to the place of saying, yes, God, I'll do what you're asking me to do is tough. We wrestle with God. And we love to kind of run from God and the things he's calling us to do. But when we finally reach that yes place, we need this reminder. When we finally say, okay, God, I'm going to take on what you've called me to do, we need to think back to how Jesus said, but remember, behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. I am with you. You are not supposed to do this by yourself. Here's what I've noticed happens. This happened in my life. I see this in Scripture all the time. I see people say, all right, God, I'm willing to follow you. But they start to take steps on their own. Now, here's what happens. Here's what's interesting. You know, when you start walking in your own strength, doing things your own way, you probably won't fail immediately. In fact, I know I found, you can go look in Scripture, people who started to kind of tempt the waters on their own, so I'm going to try to do these myself. They probably even find a little bit of success at first. Seems to go okay. But one day when things fall apart, you're going to realize, I shouldn't have been doing this on my own. Now, y'all want to know how I learned this lesson? Say, mm-hmm. I don't think y'all want to know. Thank you, Jessica. I appreciate it. All right. 
Now, I'll admit, I got a little bit of pride going on. I admit that I'm a little bit, I like to do things the way I want to do them. I'm a little bit on the self-reliant side, and it can get me into trouble. Now, I remember a couple years ago that I decided that I was going to start doing something for my boys. You know, I, we got in a place that, you know, the budget was getting a little tight. And I was trying to think of ways to save money. Now, one of the things that I hate paying money for is haircuts. And I, don't, I know that's kind of weird, but getting haircuts is one of these things that, like, you know, I, we got to go all the time. I'm not like my wife who can go, you know, six months. I think, you know, she's had her haircut and it's been like a year since she let it grow. Well, I can't do that. You know, I'm not going to look good with long hair. My boys don't either. And I didn't like paying for it. It was just me, and I got my boys to pay for it now, and it's like triple the cost, right? And so it's summertime, and I told, uh, I told Penny, I said, you know what? I'm going to cut the boys' hair. Some of y'all are already, like, worried, like he's going to mess this up. No, so, and, she, and she was, too. I mean, she was like, I don't know, Greg. You know, we should just pay the people to do it. No, it's all right. I'm, I see what they do. They just take, I mean, it's almost a buzz cut. You just take the clippers, and I had a pair of good clippers, and I'm just going to kind of cut the hair. And so she was so worried. You know, she thought she was going to come home to the boys have a mohawk or something, right, you know? But, you know, so I get them out of the garage, and, and I cut their hair. And I did a pretty good job. I'm not saying I was an expert, but I, I mean, I did good enough. They just needed a short haircut. And, and Penny comes on and says, see, look at this. They do. And she's like, I guess that's not too bad. And I said, I, you know, so I'm like, hey, see, I can do things on my own. I don't have to pay somebody else to do it. And so the next couple of times, I gave the boys haircuts. Well, then I said, you know what? If I'm so good at giving the boys haircuts, oh, no. You're like, oh, no. Oh, no. I can do my own hair. And so guess what? I mean, I went in there, and I did it. And, you know, I just had to kind of do my, I could see the front. But, again, I'm just using clippers, and I know the kind of the guard, the length, you know, to use on the sides and the top. And I did it a couple of times. And I'm, again, I'm not saying it's the most expert thing in the world. I wasn't saying I was awesome, but I did okay. I'm like, hey, look at this, see? I mean, I can at least, I saved us some money. I can do my own haircut. So I did, you know, the boys' haircuts five, six times. I did mine two or three times. But I remember, see, I'm getting a little more self I got this, right? One night, I said, it's time for me to give, you know, myself my haircut. So I go in the, uh, I, I was out in the garage, and I got the clippers, and I did the back and did the top and got it pretty good, and, you know, I was just about where I thought I had it right, so I would go inside and kind of stick my head in the shower and, you know, try to get all the hair off. And I said, I'm kind of feeling the back of my head. I'm going, all right, did I get it all? And I feel a little patch going, yeah, I don't think I got that very good. I think there's too much hair. So I walk out, Penny and the boys, they're sitting on the bed watching, curl up, watching some movie or something. And I go to Penny, I said, Penny, do you see there's like a little bit extra hair right here? Did I get all of it? She kind of looks, she goes, no, you, you know, you need to go a little bit more. All right. So I just go back in the bathroom. I don't go back to the garage, go to the bathroom, and I grab the clippers, and I go, again. You know, I'm kind of going by feel, and I go, now, any guy who does clippers, you can tell by the sound if you're clipping hair or not, right? It's like, I mean, it's buzzing, but you can tell when it gets hair. And I go, and I can tell I get a lot of hair. I'm like, man, there's a, there's a larger clump of hair than I thought. And so I said, I guess I really didn't do a good job. So I start going, and I go, man, why, how is there still so much hair coming off? And I, and I bring the clippers around. The guard had fallen off. The guard had fallen off, and I was basically shaving the back of my head. And, and so what happens is I just scream. 
I mean, I just scream. And here comes Penny. She just bursts in the bathroom and goes, what? I mean, she's not having a heart attack or something. I scream. And I'm just standing there with clippers and a shade in the back of my head. And you know what? Now, a lot of you know my wife pretty well. What do you think she does? She just busts up laughing right at my face. Just like, I mean, not even trying to hold it in. She's like pointing and laughing. You dummy. What are you doing? You know, like she's trying. I'm like, come on. She's like, yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Look at you. You know what I mean? She's just laughing at me. I'm like, I'm about to cry going, how am I supposed to get a shave back in my head? I'm going, I mean, I don't know what to do. And, and so guess what? So she kind of keeps laughing. She walks out of the room. And, you know, I'm like, all right, she can come. she's going to come back and, you know, be a little nicer to me now. You know what she does that comes back and does next? Pictures. Yes, friends. That is the result of me giving amen. No, no. What are you, don't put amen on the screen. What are you doing? That is the result of me thinking I could do it myself. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Now, i got to come over here. Now, I did the back part, okay? But Penny said, you can't, you'll be, look like an idiot walking around with only the back. So she convinced me to do the rest of the way around. <laughs> and she did that. And that's when she took the picture. She said I looked like the guy from Sling Blade, you know. And if you don't know who that is, Google that after church. You're, you're going to have a good laugh at me. And so... I tell you, ever since, you know, can we please take the picture down now? We've had enough of the picture. Amen. Amen. Okay. I love you guys back there. Now, I tell you, since that day, guess what I've never done? I've never complained about paying for a haircut the rest of my life. I mean, I'm telling you, I tip really good now for me and the boys because I learned a lesson. When I think a little bit, I can do it myself. What's that? Is that why half of it's darker? What's the, why are you giving me a hard time? Why are you giving me a hard time? It threw, it, it grew back in nicer. It really did. Thicker back there. No, you know, it's one of those things. See, we, we tend to think we can do something on our own. Now, luckily, that's just a stupid thing, right? Luckily, the hair grows back, and I, I'm still working on the hurt of my wife laughing at me a little bit. But I get over that, too. But here's the thing. God calls us to do mighty tasks. And if you think you can do it on your own, if you try to do it yourself, if you try to do it your own strength, it may not mess up the first time or the second time or the third time, but the day when something goes wrong and you're going to realize, I've been doing this all on my own, that's a bad day. Uh, you guys heard the D-Now pastor, Pastor Chris. We had this wonderful pastor who did the, um, the weekend for us, and he did a great job. And I think it was Friday night I heard him speak about, you know, when God called him to start a church. Here's a guy, and you heard his testimony, right? His testimony said that, you know, he'd been a youth minister, but he kind of got out of ministry for a while, and then God says, you need to start a church. And he's like, how can I do this? I'm not prepared for this. Who am I? I haven't gone to you know, Bible school, I haven't done all this, and God's saying, start a church. And you heard his testimony. Talk about being put in a situation that's beyond what you can handle. Now, friends, I'm going to tell you right, right now that if he gone into that situation and said, all right, God, I hear you're telling me to start a church, but, and I'll say yes to you, but now I got it. 
I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. I'm going to operate the way I think I should. I'm not going to rely on you. I'm just going to get this done because I think I know how to do it. He would have failed. Friends, it's awesome to be a disciple. It's awesome to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's awesome because God calls us to big, mighty, awesome things. He's not going to call all of you to go start a church, but he's going to call each of you to do different things for him in unique ways by the ways he has gifted you. And they're going to be challenging. They're going to be huge. They're going to be difficult. And if you try to do them on your own, it may not fail right off. May not mess up right out of the gate, but I promise you one day, it may be a pretty bad day. Friends, God, when Jesus was saying, Go make disciples of all nations, I'm so glad he didn't leave off that last part that says, And don't forget, and behold, listen to me, I will be with you always. You know what we need to learn from that? I mean, it's awesome to know that Jesus is with us. But we have to choose to have that relationship with him. Jesus does not leave us nor forsake us. But we still can. We still have the ability and the freedom to live our life apart from that relationship. And whether you're a teenager an adult, one of our children here. I don't care where you are in life. When God calls you to do something, whether it seems big or small, do not forget. In the midst of that calling that he is speaking to you about and what he wants you to do, where he is sending you, he wants to keep a relationship with you in the midst of all that's happening. He wants you to rely on him. He doesn't want you. He hasn't even called you to go do things on your own. Because God is going to put you in places that are bigger and tougher than you can handle on your own. He wants you to have the relationship with him. He wants you to stay in the Word. He wants you to stay in prayer. He wants you to get down on your knees every day and say, God, I, I, here's how I think I should do things, but it's not my will. It is your will. Lead me. Direct me. I'll go the steps you take me. That's being a disciple. Youth, I love that y'all learned these verses of the Great Commission. I love that you've taken a start, and you'll always remember those verses how Jesus said, go and make disciples. But don't forget, he gave the command with the promise that he'll be with you always. You don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to be by yourself. You get a walk in a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't know what kind of commitments were made all this weekend. I, John and I were talking earlier and we were talking about who, who was praying and different things were going on. But I know God worked. I know he spoke. I know some responses happened. And I'm, ex, I'm ecstatic that took place. And there may be even some stuff going on this morning for some of you. Maybe if you went, you're an adult here, you had no connection with Dean now at all, but God is still speaking because God has been working on your heart saying, here's what I call you to do. I don't know what that is for your life, to be more committed to him in such and such a way. Be, a, be in the church, be a part of a church. Again, be out there and you're being a testimony. Maybe you're in the wrong career and field, and he's trying to tell you, you need to be over here doing what I call you to do. 
I don't know how, how God is calling each of you. First, I hope that you get to the place where you stop arguing with God, stop wrestling with God, and just say, yes, God, here's your call. I'm going to be obedient to whatever it is that I'm supposed to be doing today. But I hope you'll take to heart also that, he, that Jesus said, I am with you always. That don't you dare step out in that calling, the thing you want you to do, and say, all right, God, I said yes, I got it from here. The danger of self-reliance that things will fall apart. So how have you committed? Youth, adults, how have you committed? If you already made a commitment this weekend, I pray that you reaffirm it, you celebrate it, you rejoice in it. If you're making one this morning, I pray that that happens. But don't leave this place until you've recommitted and reaffirmed that as you walk forward in what God has called you to do, that you're not going to do it by yourself. Not going to walk alone. But Jesus is right there, ready, willing to have a relationship with you. Can I pray for you this morning? And then we have a time of response. Heavenly Father, we rejoice in what you have done in these days, in this weekend that we shared, in the weeks leading up to it. We th- I mean, your hand was all over. We thank you. Thank you for this time now because you've given us.